Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. This radio show this week is a narcissist topic. It's about the narcissist. And this radio show is called The Narcissist, The Nebula Void. And this topic is to do with a recent truth that I've anchored into that's become really quite apparent to me and I really love how the journey of self unfolds and as more and more of my illusions which is the fear of and pain in my body gets shifted out it's just incredible how things open up and there's this natural ability to just know things to be able to stretch and tap into knowings and I think many of you can relate that when you do up-level from your previous self, a whole new world starts to open up, a world and a life that makes so much sense. Because when we shift consciousness, it feels like a lampshade comes off our head and we can see clearly understandings that truly explain what went on and understandings that take so much of the pain away and offers so much release and up-leveling and expansion instead. So I really hope that this radio show is going to be one of those boosts of consciousness for you. So I want to have a look at the many faces of the narcissist because for a long time it's really astounded and fascinated me. The ability of the narcissist to have so many faces. And from a personal and a professional experience, I've witnessed the following over and over. That the narcissist can be a con- diff- completely different person with different people. And the narcissist has the ability to wear one hat and then take it off at lightning speed and don another hat. But how and why? What is it that makes an abandoning, self-involved narcissist who ignores connecting and paying attention to one partner turn into a smothering, joined-at-the-hip, jealous, controlling partner with the next target? And what is it that makes a narcissist able to be sexually disinterested with one person crave sex with the next And what is it that makes a narcissist declare that he or she is monogamous and have eyes for no other person and behave like that, yet this same narcissist will throw other potential love interests in the face of the next partner that they get into a relationship with. I see these inconsistencies happen all the time. I've experienced it personally in regard to the narcissist, previous and following partners and myself. The first taste I really had of this was a discussion years ago with the next partner of the first narcissist 
after she found my material and contacted me. The way he consistently treated her in their relationship bore very little resemblance to the way he related to me in the relationship with me. If it wasn't the same man, you wouldn't have believed it was the same person. I have also had many separate people come forward in the community who were involved with the same narcissist who also consistently report a completely different partner. It does need to be expressed, however, that in times of narcissistic rage and when the mask cracks, the behaviours of projection, devalue and discard, the malicious acts, the pathological lying, the zero accountability and the nil conscience, the hoovering and the smearing are all identical. What I am really talking about is the different masks and everyday behaviours that narcissists play out. Commonly, I experience information regarding narcissists who refuse to do certain things or refuse to give certain things up, but then can automatically change that with the next person. And this, understandably, can be really distressing for the former partner, seeing and hearing about the new relationship with a narcissist is seemingly doing and being exactly what the former partner wanted but never received. Yes, of course love bombing took place with a new partner just as it did with you. The new partner received the dream man or woman turning all the charm and the promises and the moves to fully hook them as the next target. But what about when the love bombing period was over? What about a year or two later? What does that mean? And this is where many former partners think maybe she can have a healthy relationship. She gives space and she doesn't breathe down his neck constantly. Maybe something about me made her be a possessive controlling freak. Or... I hear that he wants to have sex with her and he doesn't go off fishing constantly. She obviously turns him on so much more than what I did. I thought he had no sex drive. It must be something unattractive about me. So of course this makes people question themselves, but I promise you this. When you know the truth and realize that a narcissist which is somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder. And please listen to my radio show or go to my article, Are You With a Narcissist? Because that's all the NPD characteristics, if you're not sure. Now, if this person is a narcissist, you know he or she is still acting unhealthily and abusively. And you can realize he or she hasn't changed. He or she has simply changed the way to abuse. The narcissist is a consummate shamalon. He or she will change tactics and behaviors to suit the environment and the agenda as required. And I believe the real reasons why this happens, they're fascinating. And as truth always does, these reasons are a powerful boost to our own healing 
because they help to set us free. So let's have a look at why the narcissist is so nebula. The narcissist is not solid. There is no true sense of self. Have you ever noticed how many narcissists are fascinated by body language? Many study it and read books on it. And they're always ascertaining how to effectively read their environment and the mental perplexities of people that they spend time with. Many narcissists say things like, I worked him or her around, or I know what makes that person tick, or it didn't take long to know how to talk to that person, or I learn everything I can about the enemy or the competition. Narcissists don't show up in life in pure, wholesome and authentic ways, period. One of my most favorite, favorite quotes of all time, which divinely inspires me every time I feel it, is this one by Marianne Williamson. Just open your heart, your mind and your mouth. This means being fully anchored in your body in authenticity and extending outwards with an open heart of love as yourself regardless of your environment because that is the most wholesome way possible to affect the world as love and truth and it's the most effective way to inspire it and generate it. This means being responsible for your energy only and then expanding it. It means you're a vessel for divinity. This means you're a conduit for bringing heaven down onto earth. And it really is. It's so simple. It's so loving. And it has nothing to do with trying to gauge, fit in, manipulate or try to twist things to your advantage. It's about knowing your connection to the field of life, the field of life, God's source, which infinitely adores you and supports you in the magnificence that you are just for being yourself. When you are being this pure conduit, there's no need to try and twist and turn yourself into a pretzel to get a message across. By becoming authentic, sorry, by becoming inauthentic to try to control and manipulate the environment to your advantage. And that is exactly what narcissists do. Divine messengers share the source God life pouring through them out into the field. They enhance and add to life with their presence. Predators suck life from the field to maintain themselves and they reduce life whilst doing so. And you may be able to understand that when you've spent time in a narcissist's presence, you feel exhausted. Even if you're not conversing with them, you feel like the life force is sucked out of you. Yet when you spend time in the presence of an inspiring person who's sourcing life and energy authentically, you feel energized. And it's sad what predators, narcissists and sociopaths do. Because it's all born from fear and anxiety. It all emanates from a total disconnection from source life, God 
and the field of life. And it's all about the fear of being unworthy, unloved and rejected by life and having to pit oneself against life, manipulate it in order to be safe and met. Please understand codependents who are wounded can do it too. They could try to gauge other people, try to earn worthiness and try to fit in. And so many people contact me all the time. How do I know I'm not the narcissist? We really need to understand this. The wounds of disconnection are the wounds of disconnection. Both narcissists and codependents have them. But do you have a conscience? Do you have empathy in your everyday life and within your everyday being? Because if you do, you haven't killed off your inner being. You are a codependent. You're not somebody with NPD. And of course, when codependents do try to earn worthiness and do try to fit in, of course the results are painful and ineffective because they're not coming from a true source of power. But codependents don't do this in the field with the pathological purposeful, purposeful deception and they don't go to the extreme lengths that narcissists do. And codependents don't treat other people as dispensable objects the way narcissists do. So how can narcissists spin on a dime and create and swap personalities so easily? The reason is this. Because there is no real person home. And I touched on this last week in my radio show and my article, The Narcissist and the Codependent, Both Sides of the Same Coin. The narcissist is a false self, a fictitious character of imagined grandiosity, magnificence and a godlike character who is above reproach and above all other humans. There is no real human left because the narcissist deemed his or her inner being as unacceptable, worthless and ineffective to have needs met. Hence why the omnipotent character was invented as a replacement. Tragically for the narcissist, this outrageous character created a complete egoic takeover of the disowned, starved, ignored and shriveled up in a self and is now completely running the show. Because this fictitious character is not real, it's incredibly fragile, nebula and cracks easily under any pressure. For all its puffed up self-importance, it can't stand up on its own energy and merits. Because it has no real energy or merits. The narcissist frantically tries to ensure the survival of the false self because it is all the narcissist has. And because it is the only buffer against the inner screams of the black empty void of the inner self where there is no longer any functioning person at home. How can the false self survive? It needs outside power and energy to survive. Think of these two examples, which are the total metaphors of narcissism. A celestial black hole and a vampire. 
The black hole keeps its existence going by sucking in celestial bodies and devouring them. The vampire sucks blood to survive and discards the corpses. Both the black hole and the vampire are really dead. They are non-entities, they aren't alive. And they have to keep sucking from life in order to keep generating a faux existence. Just like the black hole and the vampire, if you take away the energy that is being provided to feed a narcissist their existence, then there is no existence because there was no true existence anyway. It doesn't exist. Sam Backman states this. Narcissists are already dead. There is no person that exists. Now I know that that may sound really creepy, but really what it lets us know is that the narcissist's actions aren't about themselves. Because there's no person to act for. It's all about getting energy to ensure the survival of the false self. So what this really means is the narcissist's actions are not about him or herself. They're actually about you. Whoa. Okay. And again, that may sound really, really creepy. But it's actually incredibly empowering. Because it takes all of the power away from the narcissist and it brings it back to where all personal growth and evolution really takes place, which is focus on self. And yes, you do have a self. And that's why you're going to get out of this nightmare. And that is why you can completely break free from this person who is not even real. Okay, so let's have a look at how narcissists survive. How do they survive? There are two ways narcissists ensure the survival of the false self, which of course is that fictitious, egoic, grandiose version of themselves. The first is narcissistic supply, which is attention, acclaim, accolades, notoriety, superiority, approval, and in reality, any strong emotion evoked from another being which feeds significance. So A-grade narcissistic supply includes, I enjoy making you feel intense torment on a regular basis because this makes me believe I exist. The second is the ability to project the inner self-loathing, the self-rejection and the dire insecurities onto someone in order to let off the pressure cooker enough to make the space and relief to keep the delusion of existing going. Now you may have heard the expression kicking the cat. Angry people lash out. Egos are judgmental, they find fault and they're nasty, childish and vicious. The narcissist has such intense self-loathing that he or she has to hit other people's weak spots. He or she generates superiority by making it his or her right to punish other people for not reflecting back effectively how magnificent and real the false self is. So in other words, how dare you not feed my false self their energy, attention, approval and significance it constantly needs to shut up 
my black inner void and stop it eating me alive. So the narcissist automatically finds and hits your weak points in order to avoid his or her inner implosion. Revenge and maliciousness are the short-term saviors. So this is the deal. In order for the narcissist to punish you, he or she needs to find your weak spots. The places to hurt you, get you to react and supply significance whilst kicking the cat. The blind spots that you are insecure enough or confused enough about that you will hang around and take the blame for them. I'll use my own story as a prime example because it'll help you understand. Many of my weak spots were to do with fear of engulfment, which was the fears of being taken over, the fears of being abused, the fears of being controlled. And within that, I had the fears of being distrusted, of being accused of lack of integrity or lack of loyalty or lack of honesty or lack of love. These were also very, very big on my list. Now, because these were weak spots, predictably, I was underdeveloped and lacking evolution in those areas. I'd get triggered. I'd fail to speak up healthily. I failed to know I had rights regarding personal space or the rights to source my own energy and interests outside relationships. And I failed to know that my own solid anchoring of my own integrity was the only approval I required. So instead, I would mistake intense attention as love. I would let people engulf with me, believing, of course, that they were going to save me from my pain and my emptiness and my loneliness. And then when it was far too late... I would realize I was being violated, controlled, projected onto and abused whilst not having the ability to healthily look after myself. No wonder I had big issues and fears around this, all to do with DNA deep ancestral wounding, which I'd inherited from female forebears. And very young childhood wounds, which was my programming, which ensured I would keep attracting abusive engulfers into my life in order, of course, to finally have enough wake-up calls, enough pain to go to these wounds, face them and heal them. So these being my big weak links, and I promise you there was many, many more as well, the first narcissist, and the second narcissist did too in many ways, the first narcissist predictably honed in on them like a heat-seeking missile because that's what all narcissists do. He engulfed with me and my powerless boundary function allowed it easily and then started micromanaging, controlling me and he was really possessive, jealous and abusive whilst delivering soul-shattering accusations. Back then, my painful triggers and my deep activated fear and panic caused me to not take ownership of these wounds he was highlighting for me, but to instead declare my innocence and my fidelity. 
I lectured, pleaded, begged, screamed, cried, yelled and fought and handed over tons of A-grade narcissistic supply. Boy, his false self got a huge hit of I exist out of me. Now, his massive change. He was incredibly distant from his next partner, showed her very little attention and ran around with other women that she knew about. He talked about them, threw them in her face, disappeared regularly and kept telling her stuff that made her feel unattractive and not good enough. She stayed. She hung in there just like I did until it got horrendous. And she also clung, begged, pleaded and cried. When I talked to her, even back then, and I didn't have the awareness I have now, it didn't take me long to work out that her inner emotional unhealed wounds were all about fearing being left for other women, not being attractive enough, and other women having more to offer than her. It was no coincidence that this was a deep wounding genetically from females in her family as well as her childhood conditioning. Being a narcissist, of course he worked this out and found the exact recipe to punish her whilst knowing she would stay in the game long enough to make sure regular punishment could take place which of course granted him a guarantee of having a secure cat to kick. The absolute truth is this. When we're being delivered our wounds on a plate, we do hang around. We do stay in the game as long as it takes us to get the message and do the work on healing our inner wounds. The dynamics of life are ingeniously engineered to grant us everything we need in order to heal and narcissists are the grand deliverers. And if we don't do the work, even if we do get away, or if it ends up being a final discard, the pulls, the addictions and the obsessions don't go away. Now do you understand why? So let's look at how his next partner would have been if he'd have behaved like he did with me. Now I know 100% a woman like her would not tolerate for one minute a jealous controlling lunatic because engulfment is not her wound. She would be naturally very clear how unhealthy and abusive that was. Likewise, I would not have tolerated a man throwing other women in my face because that is not my wound. I am naturally very clear how unhealthy and abusive that was. Is this starting to make sense? So the truth is this. The narcissist is always going to act like a narcissist. And the only way a narcissist can act, have energy or, is, or exist is to find people's weak spots and use them as a weapon to beat that person up with. So here's another example that I've come across so many times. If a person desperately wants something that is extremely important to them, the narcissist will refuse it. He or she knows that hurts profoundly. 
Additionally, the narcissist will rub that person's nose in all the fabricated reasons why he or she doesn't deserve it or is not good enough to have that thing. This could be marriage, children, time with family. The list goes on and on and on. A landscape, backyard, whatever. Then the narcissist with the next partner who is not particularly stressed about having that thing can grant it to them. If it's food for the narcissist's image and also adds extra, I can keep hurting the previous partner by giving this thing to this person. Please understand, revenge on previous partners are powerful motives for narcissists. Then as far as the narcissist is concerned, it's a fabulous reason to do it. If the narcissist is dating someone who loves dinners and going away for weekends and feels that is really important to them in the relationship, the narcissist will resist and find reasons to deny that to that person. Then if the same narcissist is with a person who's more of a homebody and doesn't really need to go away or have fancy dinners, the narcissist will want them. If sex is very important to a person, the narcissist will find ways to lose attraction and interest and may turn to pornography or other outlets to avoid intimacy. If the person feels turned off from sex with a narcissist, then the narcissist will demand it more and additionally incite guilt and blame and use reasons from that person's past to accuse them of sexual dysfunction. The person turning off will be held accountable despite anything the narcissist did previously to hurt them and cause them to retract. If a person wants space, the narcissist will engulf. If a person wants more connection, the narcissist will disappear. All the while constructing every excuse, fabricated evidence and confusion to make that person take the blame for the narcissist's nasty punishing behavior. And because there is a weak spot involved, the narcissist gets away with the crazy making on that topic. Are you getting the picture? How the narcissist behaves is not about him or her because there's no one home. It is always about you. The narcissist is a nobody. He or she is a no person and the narcissist has no real power and has no real substance. He or she is purely feeding off the ability to suck your energy and incite your attention to know he or she exists. And additionally, you are the reciprocal for the narcissist darkness and pain. You are the target for punishment. So how do you heal and escape this? The only truth is this, by healing your weak links and evolving and up-leveling yourself, then not only will you escape the pain, the attachments, the obsessions, the addictions and the illusions of love and or meant to be, or the need to hold the narcissist accountable, you will also become immune to narcissists. More than that, you will evolve a vital part of yourself that was not only co-creating being abused, 
but was also holding you back from your incredible, expansive, flourishing, joyful, love-filled, true life. See the perfection in all of it? The truth is this. The only way we are going to put an end to narcissistic abuse is by taking our energy off the narcissist, pulling the socket out, and putting our energy fully on ourselves and doing the real work we need to do. If we all did that, and if we took 100% responsibility for our wounds and our blind spots because they are ours. They are our responsibility regardless of how they got there. There would be nothing for narcissists to hook into and nothing to feed from and they would truly dissolve back into the nothingness and powerlessness that narcissists really are. Then all illusions inauthenticity, lies and abuse would end. Then more and more people would be sourcing power authentically and delivering love, truth and real power and wholesomeness into the field to enhance and add to life. And that's who we become when we up-level ourselves because of what happened to us. And that's how we stop the insanity and that's how we change our world one person at a time. The only person you can change is you. The only person you are responsible for is you. So I really, really hope that this radio show has helped grant you the truth. And I really hope it has helped you. So the blog article is coming out tomorrow on this radio show. And I so look forward to replying to any questions and comments that you have. So that's it for me, everybody. Have an absolutely beautiful day. Lots of love. Bye-bye.